You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we are talking about powerful questions to help you connect to the girls that you're dating, to a girl that you might have approached. Maybe it's a first date. These are just a couple of really good questions that you can ask that really help you connect with the person. And the place where I actually got these questions from was the 36 questions love experiment that was done at Stony Brook University. And this was a study that was done to see if two people could sit down, connect with each other based on asking a series of questions and answering them as honestly as possible while giving very good eye contact. And it's pretty cool because if you actually read the study, there was an, a couple from that that actually ended up getting married. Two people who did not know each other. Of course, they didn't get married right away, I'm, I'm assuming. But they, uh, they ended up connecting through these questions and they ended up tracking the people and they ended up getting married. And they, the study even showed that people, they connected more and they used a specific scale. So they quantified how people felt after talking to someone and answering these deep questions. You can check that whole study out if you want. It's online. It's everywhere. But what I wanted to do today is I wanted to pick out just a few that were my favorites. So I actually also list them in my book. So if you don't have my book, Magnetic, it's on Amazon. You should check it out. It's a complete guide to going out and meeting women and building attraction and knowing exactly what to say to them. And I actually give you exercises in the book. So it tells you what to do. So it's a kind of a workbook in a sense. It's not just a bunch of theory. And one of the chapters in it is called the 36 questions that hack a girl's mind and, and make her love you. And so what's cool is in the book, I actually asterisk, and I'm going to do this for you right now, and we're going to go over a few of these questions, but I asterisk some questions that make it so it would be appropriate to use it for a first date, okay? Because a lot of these questions are so deep, well, not all of them, but a lot of them are, you just wouldn't want to bring these up to anyone who you maybe just met, right? It'd be, it'd be kind of strange. And also some of the questions just sound funny. It's not like you would want to use all of them again, like on a first date, you know, like one question is, do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Like, okay, I mean, maybe you can ask that question. It's just a little dark, right? So like, that's an example of one we would not use. Uh, here's an example of one we would use. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Okay, now you can make this into your own words. I wouldn't necessarily you know, look at this and go, okay, I'm going to read this word for word to her. And also you have to calibrate, right? You have to adapt to the situation. You might not be just randomly asking these questions. You got to be a little bit socially aware of, okay, when would be a good time to ask some of these questions? So what I tell my coaching students to do is just take a couple of these questions and use them on a date. Okay. So the ones that I've asterisked here out of the 36 I don't know, maybe it's like seven of them or eight of them. Out of those, pick two that you really like that you might have a good answer for. And then I want you to use that on the date and fit it in where you can. Okay, so I'm going to go over a couple right now. And I'm also going to go over a couple again that you would not say on a first date because I think it's kind of funny. Um, okay, here's one that you would not use. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Why? Okay, so uh, interesting question, but first of all, a lot of people don't talk on the phone these days. And also, it's just uh, kind of a weird one. Like, why would you ask some of that on a date? Here's a good one. Actually, one of my favorite questions ever because it really gets someone in a really good mood and you also get to know them on a deeper level. The question is, 
What would constitute a perfect day for you? Again, you might not ask it like that. You might not say, what would constitute a perfect day for you? But maybe you guys are talking, maybe there's a little bit of a lull in silence and you say, hey, I'm curious, like what would be your absolute perfect day? Like from beginning to end, what is your perfect day? Okay, here's another good question that you can ask, okay? So you can ask a question that says, um, well, I'll, I'll read you the exact one and then I'll tell you how you can kind of reword it a little bit. So the exact one is, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Okay, again, a little bit formal, right? For what in your life do you feel most grateful? So we're not going to ask like that, but you might say it in this way. Say, you know, I'm curious, what are you really and super grateful right now? What are you super grateful for right now? Just like that. What are you super grateful for right now? Like what in your life is just like something you're just so grateful for? And again, the whole point of these questions, the reason why we ask these questions is because we want to get to know the person on a deeper level and we want to make a connection with them. And when they form a connection with you, what ends up happening is they feel closer to you. You feel closer to them. So attraction is built and then investment is built. So she starts to become more invested in you because she feels like she's getting to know you. That deeper connection offers for more investment. I talk about investment all the time in terms of the formula for attraction. Again, I talk about this in the actual book, Magnetic, and it goes deeper in there if you want to check it out. But really, it's all about asking these questions and having a good answer to the questions too. So she feels like she can get to know you. And she feels connected to you. So it's not like you have to have a most amazing answer. Don't think about it that way. Like, oh, I better have a great answer. I mean, it should be something more than, you know, a sentence. But you need to have an answer that you feel happy about. So if you don't feel like asking a question about what you feel most grateful for, like if you don't have a good answer there, well, then I wouldn't be talking about that, right? That wouldn't be something that I, I might ask someone on a date. Now, what's cool too is, like I said, you can use these on a date, but you can also do this on a cold approach. Okay, so let's imagine you're at a bar, you approach a girl, you go up to her and you say, hey, two seconds, I wanted to come meet you. You ask her if she's from the city, you start talking a little bit, and then all of a sudden, as you guys are talking, you just hit her with this. Hey, I'm curious, if you could wake up tomorrow and have just like one quality or superpower or ability, what would it be? By the way, that's another question that I have asterisked in here. It's exact word for word. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? But you are going to be asking in a little bit more casual ways. Like, hey, I'm curious. If you could wake up tomorrow and you have one quality or ability or skill, what would that skill be? That is something that seems out of context to bring up in a conversation where you just meet someone, but it's really not because this is what people do when they meet someone. Everything is technically out of context. When you go up to a girl and you start a conversation, you guys are two strangers. So you can really ask her whatever you want. Who cares, right? It doesn't really even matter. You can also ask that on a date as well, right? But again, you don't want to be pounding them with like all of these questions. That's why I say pick two that you resonate with, that you like, and then you can use those when you are, again, on a date or on an approach. And it doesn't even have to be the first date. If you find that there was no good time to bring it up on a first date, it just didn't lend itself to ask the question, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. You can also ask that question on a second, third, fourth date. Hell, if you're in a relationship right now, you can ask these questions. In fact, you know what? Tonight, I'm going to do that. I'm going to ask a couple questions to my girlfriend, and I'm going to see 
what she says, and I'm going to answer the questions too. Just out of nowhere, I'm just going to do it. Maybe if I remember, I'll report back. But again, the idea here is to connect with the person and have something that you're interested in talking about. Also, remember, these are questions that you should have an interest in learning what the answer is. That's what's going to make this a much more powerful interaction. So I always talk about entertainment, right? In my TED formula, E stands for entertainment, means entertain yourself. So that means that it should be entertaining to you. Something that you are curious about is going to be entertainment for you. And then that energy and that vibe that you're giving off, the way that you feel is going to be transferred on to her. If you're having a good time, she's going to be having a good time. Okay, here's a couple more questions. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? What is your most treasured memory? Again, I don't really like the word treasured. I think that's, uh, I don't know, again, a little formal, right? This is a study back in, I think, I think they did this in the uh, 80s or 90s. Yeah, so you might say not what's your tr most treasured memory, but you might say what is what is uh, you know one of the best memories you have from your childhood. And you can even, by the way, you don't have to even do these word for word. You can kind of make it your own, right? It doesn't say childhood in here, but you know that's something that maybe you add in there just to get to know her a little bit. What's your what's your favorite memory of all time? Here's another good one. Again, it's so out of context, so you'll kind of maybe say this one when there's a lull in conversation or if you're doing a cold approach, you just kind of bring it up. So it states, your house containing everything you own catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? Right? So you can ask that question in your own words. You can say, hey, let's play a game, okay? And you'll make a joke of it. Like, it's kind of a sad game at first, but just a... Interesting question. I'm always curious of how people answer this. Again, that's how you're going to say it to her. And you say, okay, let's pretend your house catches on fire. I know, I know, it's dark, it's dark. Let's just say your house catches on fire and everyone's out of there safely and you're able to go in there and save one thing and you'll also be safe. What are you going to save? I would even throw out there to, you know, make it a little bit more modern and say, okay, let's imagine you already have your phone and your computer because, you know, most people are going to say, oh, I'd get my phone because it has, you know, their photos in there and all the things. So you might even throw in there like, yeah. And again, I'm making this up right now on the spot as I'm saying this to you. So you, you might want to say, yeah, you have your phone, you have a computer, you have your pets and loved ones. Is there any one thing you'd go back and you would save? And then you guys talk about that for a while. So again, more of these questions in my book, you can check it out. It's called Magnetic cultivate confidence, become rejection proof, and naturally attract the women you desire. And you can get more of those questions. I actually gave you most of them. So you, you don't even have to get the book if you don't really want to. And you can also just look up this study on the internet, 36 questions that make someone fall in love. You can type that in and you can just pick ones out that that work for you. But you might want to get the book anyways, because it's, uh, it's a lot more than those questions. There's a whole system for you to be going out and talking to and meeting women. But anyways, the idea here is I wanted to give you an idea uh, a look into the world of how to ask questions that are going to be interesting, right? So they got to be interesting to you. They got to be something that you're curious about hearing about. It's got to have something where you have an answer that you enjoy telling. Okay. So again, it doesn't have to be the most interesting answer, but interesting to you. And make sure that when you are talking to a girl on a cold approach, on a date, that you are able to ask these questions. And here's a big thing too, guys. Don't ask this question or any of these questions that I gave you. Do not ask them this over text message. These are not questions for over text. You could do it over text, but you're going to lose the power. Okay. You're going to lose the power of the question. It's going to be so watered down because the whole idea behind asking someone this question 
is so you guys can connect in person and have a deeper connection when you're in front of each other because that is what lends itself to a higher investment and building attraction. This is not for texting. I repeat, this is not for texting. Again, you can do it. I don't know why you would. It's not going to have the same power that it will and have that same awesome effect that it will when you're in person with her. So save the questions and all that stuff and the get to know you stuff for in person. Don't do it over text. What I'd like to do now is move this conversation over to someone who left a voicemail. So I know that people have been writing in. They've also been leaving voicemails. You can do the same thing. All you got to do is call 323-432-0025. I'll say it again. 323-432-0025. FYI, no one will answer. It is just a place to leave a message. Okay? So if you want to leave a voicemail and ask a question, I can put it here on the podcast. If you want to say your name, you can. If you want to remain anonymous, you can do that too. And I have someone here who has asked a really good question, something that I wanted to put on the podcast because sometimes people just don't remember how to close the deal. All right, check this out. Hey, Trip. Uh, my name is Kevin. Um, I am, I've been a follower of you for about six months now. And I'm kind of, I'm very happy to say that I have reduced my social anxiety and approaching anxiety to like quite a low uh, amount. Um, you know, it came by following up with Mr. and I'm actually quite happy about that. Um, <clears throat> my kind of uh, issue is that I have kind of, um, I've got rid of approaching anxiety, but I don't actually know how to, how to close the conversation per se. Like, I don't know how to end up with her number or I don't know. Snapchat, Instagram. I can go talking about the stupidest shit ever on a tangent, but I can't close. What are some steps? You you may have some YouTube videos at this or podcasts, but I couldn't find them. But like, what are some steps after the approach to, you know, like, say, you know, you you, you both are running somewhere, and like within five or seven minutes, you want to get her number or Snapchat. How would you go about that? That's just my question. Thanks a lot. Kevin, first of all, congratulations. That is amazing that you were able to reduce your approach anxiety. And I know how you did it too, my friend. You probably went out and you just threw your hat over the fence and you just made yourself do it. And eventually you realized, hey, you know what? Doing these approaches really is not so bad. That gave you some more confidence and made you feel good about being able to continue to go up to women. So congratulations on that. Now your question is, is what is the steps? What are you supposed to do in terms of closing the deal? Do you get their number? Do you get their Snapchat? Do you get their Facebook? Do you get their Instagram? What do you do? Okay, I'm going to make this super simple for you. And that's what I try to do here always, right? Simplify this, make this super easy for you. Here you go. When you close the deal, you always get the phone number and there is no exceptions at all. You always get the phone number. Okay, I actually thought of an exception, but this is such a rare circumstance. But once in a while, you might meet, meet a girl who's foreign and she just she's not taking any text messages, even though that's so rare too. Again, this is such an extreme case. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but whatever. In the case that she's not from there and she's from a different country when she 
just moved here or whatever, yada, yada. Okay, then after that, maybe you'd get her Instagram or something. Otherwise, 99.9% of the times, you are going to get her phone number. Now, that doesn't mean you're always going to get her phone number, okay? But the point here is you always want to try to get the phone number. Why? Because if you get anything else, then you become one of her followers. You become one of the men in her orbit. You become a guy who's chasing her because every other guy that she's not interested in, they don't get her number. They get thrown in the DMs, in the Snapchats, okay, in Facebook, wherever. You got to get her phone number. Yes, WhatsApp is totally fine because that's still phone number. But again here, if you get anything other than that, you become this kind of like lower tier, lower class, uh, you know, this person who's looked down upon from the woman. Now, you might think, well, if that's all she's willing to give, then isn't that what I should get? Shouldn't I just take what I can get? She was a really cool, Trip. I really liked her. I don't care how cool she was. I don't care how pretty she was. Her giving you anything but her number is a rejection. This is black and white. This is completely binary. There is no in-between. If she's not giving you her phone number, that means that she doesn't feel safe around you and doesn't feel connected to you and doesn't feel like she wants to actually meet up with you. So the real question shouldn't be, you know, well, how do I then, you know, move from the DM if I get her Instagram to the real question is, how do I build attraction with her and get her interested in me? By the way, you can use some of these questions that I gave you in today's episode. How do I get her closer to me so we end up connecting so I can get her phone number? That's what you need to be working on. So just consider anything other than a phone number a rejection. What I mean is you're going to ask her for her number. So the steps in order to do that are as follows. At the end of the conversation, hopefully you've been talking to her for about 10 to 15 minutes. That's the ideal amount of time because you're going to need that amount of time to connect with someone. Fast numbers mostly result in flakes. So if you've been talking to her for at least 10 to 15 minutes, all you got to do is say this line. You can copy this word for word. Just say to her, hey, you know what? Listen, it was great talking to you. I got to run we should grab a drink or a coffee or something. Why don't I get your number? Just like that. Why don't we grab a drink sometime or a coffee? Why don't I get your number? Now, she can respond in many ways, right? She can say, um, well, no, I think I should. Let me just give you my Snapchat. Or how about we just become Instagram friends and say, you know what? I'd rather not. I was more interested in taking you on a date. And if you're not interested, that's cool, right? Just like reject yourself, like get out of there. Like you're done. She's not that interested or whatever. She doesn't feel safe. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Either way, we don't want to deal with what low-interest women. I've been talking about that quite a bit here on the podcast. So that's one way she can respond. Now, she might also respond, um, well, like for what? And if she asks that question, that pretty much means that she's, you know, not looking to go on a date with you, but you're going to be honest with her and you say, oh, I want to take you out and we should go on a date. Usually what follows that is going to be, oh, sorry, you know what, like I have a boyfriend or I'm actually engaged or I'm married or whatever it may be. Um, hopefully, you know, not married and you would have caught it by then that she has a ring on her left finger, right? So again, she says, oh, for what? Just be honest with her. Or she's going to say, no, sorry, it was nice to meet you. Or she's going to say, yeah, sounds good. And in that case, you give her your phone. She types in her number, bada bing, bada boom. You got her number. You're going to text her the next day. That's how you're going to play this out, okay? So again, the idea here is if she's not willing to give you her number, do not be teased by the fact that she might want to give you another social media contact. Do not settle for that. I'm telling you, rarely, rarely does it ever come to the point 
where you're going to go from social media to connection. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just very rare. And we don't want to put you into that category. Okay. We don't want you to be the social media buddy. We want you to be right off the bat dealing with women who have a high interest. Filter for high interest women. Do not get into the habit of chasing. That should be another episode I should do here on the podcast. The habit of chasing. Okay. We don't want to get into that habit. Even though, yes, okay, there might be a chance. Again, I'm not saying that if you don't get her phone number and you get her social media, you have no chance with her, but it's a fact. You are in a low interest category. She has low interest in you. So then you're going to go to the chase mode. It's inevitable. You have to be in the chase mode because you're the one who's going to be trying to then what? Get her number from that point or try to ask her out over DMs. It's like, it's just, you're in this, this battle, you're climbing uphill and the boulders are coming down and trying to knock you off, you are in climbing chase mode. There are too many other women and too many opportunities out there for you to have with women where you don't have to be in chase mode. And this is why you get her number and settle for nothing other than that. All right, let's do another one. This is not a voicemail, but of course, like I said, if you want to leave one, and get it answered here on the podcast, 323-432-0025. But now we have someone who emailed in a question, which you can do the same. Email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question, and I'll put it here on the podcast, like we're about to do right now with Julian. Hey, Trip, big fan. I work at a hospital. I asked this girl out from another department about two years ago. She gave me her number, but when I went to set up the date, she told me she didn't want to date someone from work. Yesterday, after almost two years of not talking to her, she came and sat next to me in the cafeteria. We had a nice conversation for 30 minutes. We haven't had a conversation since I approached her almost two years ago. Now she came and sat next to me in the cafeteria. Do you think this was intentional on her part? Not sure how to read this. I know you're against dating at work. I just want your thoughts on this scenario. Would be super helpful. Thanks, Julian. All right, so... The problem here is that we, we can take away the whole idea of, of dating at work. Yes, I, I've said that many times in the podcast. I'm against you dating and having a relationship with someone at work because it can cause more harm than good. But the real deal here, Julian, is that you are looking at this and putting meaning somewhere where there probably isn't. So is it intentional? I, I have no idea. We'll never know. Uh, most likely, she saw you and wanted to be nice and wanted to catch up with you. It's been two years, so you had a nice conversation. See, because you have the rose-colored glasses on, you are just thinking, okay, that she might like you just because she had a conversation with you. But I would not put much meaning into that. Now, if you want to test that theory out, you could always ask her out again. You see, that's the only way you're going to know if this was intentional. You'll never know how to read a situation ever about how a woman feels about you unless you ask her out. So I wouldn't be searching for specific signs or specific clues that she's into you just to get a read on it to see what you should do. I mean, in this specific case, like you said, I'm against dating at work, so I would not ask her out. Uh, but the second reason I wouldn't ask her out is because she's already rejected you. So it just feels kind of strange to now come back to someone when it didn't work out the first time. It's like, why haven't you moved on yet? Uh, but most importantly here, you know, you don't know what she's thinking. So 
you would have to make a move, which again, I'm saying don't. So the big lesson here is if you want to know how a woman feels about you, just ask her out. That's it. You don't want to do any kind of strategizing to build attraction over a long period of time. I'm I'm actually saying those words for the first time. I've never explained it like that, but as it's coming out, it's making a lot of sense here. What I'm trying to tell guys, you don't want to try to build attraction over a long period of time. That's strategizing. That's not how it works. A woman is really just interested in you from that first conversation, or she's not. So you might as well at that point just ask her out in the very beginning of meeting somebody and working on building attraction from the get-go. You don't want to strategize and plan this long thing out of trying to build attraction over many days, weeks, months, and hopefully, hopefully not years. Either she's in or she's out, and we find women with high interest, which I talked about in quite big detail on one of the last episodes. Anyway, thanks, Julian. Appreciate your question here. I hope that helps. Those are my thoughts. Here's a question from Jared. It says, hey, Trip, I've really enjoyed your podcast and work, but I have to bring up the elephant in the room. Every dating advice expert is quick to point out that looks are not that important. But if you came out and said that absolutely looks are a huge part of getting the women you desire, then a lot of guys would stop listening. So just give it to us straight instead of giving us false hope. So at least we know what we're dealing with. Look forward to your response, Jared. All right. So I don't know what other dating experts are talking about, but let me clarify what I mean when I say looks are not that important. Okay. First of all, I don't think I've ever really said that. If I have, what I'm trying to say is that looks don't compare as much to behavior. Now, there's a sliding scale, okay? If you are a super attractive, a physically attractive male, okay? If you're a very Brad Pitt, uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, whatever, you know, insert very attractive uh, type of actor here. If you're if you're on that, and also, by the way, you have status, which is a whole other thing, then yes, you can get away with having a behavior that might not be as confident or dominant. You have a little bit of leeway there, okay? You do. Now, if you're a guy who, on the other end, is super charismatic, super confident, totally sure of himself, and you are not the most attractive guy. In fact, maybe you're just a little bit on the uglier side. You still have a good chance of getting women, okay? So just understand that's kind of how it works because people think that behavior and looks, or I should say people think that looks hold all the importance as opposed to anything with your behavior. So yeah, listen, if you're a guy who's not that attractive physically, you're going to have to work on your confidence and your behavior. Like, it is going to be harder for you. It is. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, you know, and I do, by the way, talk quite a bit about looks. It's just there's only so much to say. There's a lot more to talk about in terms of your behavior than there is about your looks. Like, you know, it's all about a few things. Just getting a haircut that works for you. If you're going bald, trimming your hair to be really short. If you are, uh, you know, having bad skin or acne issues, working on that in whatever way possible. I don't have a lot of expertise in that area. You know, and then what else is there? Fashion, wearing clothes that fit, 
focus on colors like white, black, and gray. That's the easiest to go off of in terms of, you know, just dressing the part that's going to make you look the most attractive. Maybe get a cologne. I think I already said this, but I'll say this again, you know, about a haircut. It's like go to a stylist, spend $100, get a good haircut. If you don't have that kind of money to get a good haircut, you know, $50. If you don't have that kind of money, start saving up, right? So it takes a little bit of work. But that's it. There's only so much. I call that the outer qualities, okay? So this has nothing to do with, oh, you know, if I, if I, you know, people would stop listening if I talked about the fact that looks are huge. They are huge. I'm admitting that. For sure. There's only so much to say because what do you do? You optimize your looks, right? I should also mention, by the way, if you are overweight or significantly underweight, right? So if you're significantly underweight, you want to make sure that you're eating uh, more foods with high calories in it, like pita butter, nut butters, uh, things like that, right? And if you're someone who is overweight, you want to skip meals. And that's the fastest way to lose more weight, skipping meals and doing some cardio every single day. But again, that's it. That's it. I have a chapter in my book about that. And it goes a little bit into more detail because I talk about things like outer qualities in terms of your lifestyle and making friends and all that stuff. But the looks portion, I pretty much gave you about, mm, I don't know, 80% of everything you need to know in terms of maximizing your potential to look the best. So the rest of it is in your behavior. And that takes a lot more time because that is a skill set in its own where really if you had everything set up in one weekend, you can look make yourself look the best, uh, you know, assuming that you don't have to gain or lose a lot of weight. But again, the point here is, Jared, when we're talking about behavior and looks and what's more important, again, it, it's an interesting scale here. But yes, good-looking guys have to work a little less hard. It's true. They have to work a little less hard. Guys who are tall, good-looking, and strong, have to work a little less hard. However, you have to understand something. And a lot of people don't understand this is that if you are a very good looking guy, that is not the end game. You think that guys who are good looking are getting women because they're good looking. Well, they're also getting women because they know that they're good looking. So that gives them confidence and their behavior acts in a way where they are so sure of themselves and more dominant. And they're just able to attract women because of that because they have it all there. But let me tell you something, there's a subset of guys, even guys specifically, that I work with in my coaching program who are good-looking guys. I mean, even many, many years ago, I've worked with guys who are like male models, like practically and even literally. Um, one guy was an actual male model and other guys who were very good-looking guys. And even I say to them, at least I did back in the day, now I understand more you know, about how it works. But you know, like when I first started coaching, I was working with this one guy and I was like, dude, what's your problem? You're a very good looking guy. And he's like, no, I'm really shy, right? Of course, I don't think I knew as much in my first year of coaching as I do now. Uh, and now if a guy comes to me and he's super good looking, I get it. It's because he still is working on his shyness, his charisma. He doesn't know how to talk to women. Maybe he's the ugly, ugly duckling. You know, some guys were ugly in high school and then filled out and became good looking guys. Or some guys were really overweight in high school or back in the day, they lost a lot of weight and they still see themselves as that overweight guy. So their confidence isn't all there. So don't kid yourself. Good looks won't get you everywhere. It will get you far, but it doesn't always get you completely over the fence. You do, you absolutely do need to be working on the inner qualities. Ted that I talk about, right? Tension, entertainment, and dominance. So yeah, that's the reality there. And uh, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad you pointed that out. And 
That's why I brought it here on the podcast to bring up, I guess, the elephant in the room. I'm curious if a lot of guys feel that way, that the dating advice experts out there are just, I don't know, taking advantage of of guys by saying, oh, looks don't matter and buy my this and buy my that and listen to my podcast and watch my videos and all this stuff. But hey, you'll, you know, if you want to know for yourself, take the advice. Okay. You don't have to, you don't have to buy a thing. You can just listen to the podcast and you can take tips and tips from that. You know, it does take a lot longer, but you can take tips from the podcast and implement some of this stuff and see if it works for you. Optimize your outer qualities and then continuously work on building your inner qualities, confidence, charisma. If you need help with this, you know where to go. Or maybe you don't, coachedbytrip.com, and I will help you. I will guide you. We will be working on everything from outer qualities and inner qualities. Coachedbytrip.com is the site to go to to apply for coaching with me. If you feel like you're not ready for coaching, you want something that's more than the podcast, but not as intense as coaching, you can get my book called Magnetic. It's on Amazon. There's a link in the bio. In the bio, there's no bio here. Link in the show notes. There's a link in the show notes for that. And you can also get my Hooked program, which is my video course. Very similar to the book, but goes into some other details that um, you know are going to help you in terms of getting women attracted to you because I go into specific scenarios like friend zone scenarios and fuck buddy scenarios and all that. That's in the Hooked program at getherhooked.com. And I hope that this has been a very informative episode. I hope it's helped you. You know what to do if you want to write in or call in to get your question answered. 323-432-0025 is the hotline. Or email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you on the next podcast episode.